Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to week four of our series entitled Joshua, Possess Your Tomorrows. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? South Shore, Gulf Coast, online, Facebook Live. We're so excited to have all of you with us. We are finishing up our series uh, on Joshua next week. Uh, it'll be the fifth week. Then I'm starting a new series, uh, October, I think, 13th and 14th, uh, and it's called Beyond. Everybody say Beyond. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, and here's what he says in Ephesians 3.20. Here's what he says. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. All we can ask, think, or imagine. That's a lot. I don't know about you, but I can ask for some big things. I can think about some big things, and I can imagine. And yet God says, I'm able to do more than that. So I'm going to be doing a five-week series talking about beyond, uh, just laying out all that God has put in our heart, believing God's dream for your life, uh, his vision for your life, your family, this church. Uh, it's going to be, I trust, a helpful series to you. So today... I want to talk to you week four. I want to talk to you about stones of remembrance. Stones of remembrance. You know, it's interesting the power of memory, how God has designed a spirit, soul, and body. We have a body, right? We, we, we're walking on this earth, but we're not a body. We have a body, but, but, but we're not a body. We actually have a soul, our mind, will, and emotions, but we also have a spirit. The spiritual side of who we are is what connects with God. But we have a mind. And in our mind, we have what's called a conscious realm and a subconscious realm. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of memory. What does the Bible have to say about memory? It reminds me of this funny story. These two guys, older guys, they'd been retired for about 10 years. They'd meet together in a park, just kind of reminisce, chat a little bit. Uh, talk about different things and, you know, solve all the world problems. You know what I'm talking about? And it's interesting, the one that was a little bit younger, now remember, these guys were very old, but the one was a little bit younger. He looked at his buddy and says, man, I, I hate to say this. I know we've been meeting for 10 years, but this morning, I just cannot remember your name. What is your name again? I, I just can't remember your name. Can you tell me your name? The guy looked at him, and he was like, what? Are you serious? And he goes, yeah, I'm serious, man. I just want to know your name. I, just, I know we're friends and clothes, we're tight and everything. But, and the guy goes, my name is, um, I forgot. <laughs> I, I, and so, so let me just say this. By the way, I got to tell you all something funny that happened last night. This, by the way, Saturday night service is the best service of the week. Fresh, anointed. Jesus shows up probably three times a month. I mean, he just kind of runs around. I'm just telling you, it's powerful. But so last night, I'm turning 50 and uh, coming up. And so I said, let me tell you, I, I just, my memory just, I, and it's good. I pray blessing over it, but just every now and then. And so I said, I said last night, this is what I said last night, I said, I'm turning 50 in six months. So I left church. I was going to a restaurant, meet some friends, and this couple pulled up next to me. They started honking. It's from our church. They were just in the service. They rolled down the window, and the lady said, she, and she said, she goes, Pastor. And I said, what? She goes, you're not turning 50 in six months. It's two months. You forgot. <laughs> I said, you were great being part of this church once. But anyway, so, <laughs> so I, I, I told a joke, and I forgot, I forgot my birthday. So anyway, the point is, God has given us memory, hasn't he? And I want you to think about, I want you to think about all the times in the Bible where the apostle Paul and the book of Philippians, all these books of the Bible where he talks about remembrance. 
a power of memory. Hey, do you remember this when Jesus, when, when we take communion, once a month here at Church of the King, we take communion, and we read whether it's in Matthew chapter 26, that Good Friday, that, that, or actually the Thursday before, it's, it's right before he's betrayed later that night, and, and, and Jesus says, as often as you do this, do this in what? Say it. To remember. To call to mind. Matter of fact, I wrote down a definition of remember. Here's what it means. To call to mind, let me say this word different than recollection, to recollect. When you collect something, right, you go out, you collect it, but then when you recollect it, it's the same thing, but you, you bring it back up. You, you recollect it. So in other words, something that's in your mind, both conscious, which is much easier, but when it gets down to the subconscious. By the way, you know there's two movies going on. Number one, you have a conscious memory bank that's evaluating and tabulating information. It's going through your grid structure, what you feel, and your paradigms, your perspectives of life. But you also have a subconscious realm. It's this, this, there's a movie playing, and that's why we often operate out of our subconscious realm. We don't realize, and we're like, what's up? When Paul talks about renewing the spirit of our mind, Ephesians chapter 4, it's talking about getting to the spirit, to the subconscious realm, where our memories, the deep-seated memories often lie. By the way, I did some research this week, and, and it was a good article. It's in Psychology Today, and again, I know it's not... Uh, in the Bible, but it was something that I read. It was really helpful, and I was talking about neuroscience, and that's a, that's a, break field, uh, it's a, a breakthrough field in neuroscience and how the brain works, and I, and I learned something this week. I learned that, that we have positive memories and, of course, negative traumatic memories, but here's the cool thing. This is fascinating. I learned that our positive memory banks and all the saturated feelings of warmth and all that's associated with, you know, when you have a good memory, and how that works chemically and all those healthy chemicals in your body, how it, how it, how it roots deeply. And, I, and I, I learned that your positive memories are stored in the side of your brain. I learned that there are also negative traumatic memories that are stored in your brain. But it's easier, and this neuroscientist said, it's easier the way we're designed to actually process and access our positive memories over our negative memories. What's the point? How do you know when God designed you, he designed you to remember good things? Matter of fact, do you remember the time when you were almost finished? You were like going out. You, you, were, you were like under it, but God came and broke through in your life. You guys remember that? How many of you remember that time when your marriage was really strained and it was really tough and you needed a word from God and you came to a freedom weekend? You remember that? By the way, we've had 5,000 people go through our freedom groups and you came up for prayer and somebody prayed for you and they laid hands on you and they spoke a word of encouragement and your heart was warmed by the Holy Spirit. And you went back to your home, and it was no longer what, what, watch this, it was no longer who's right, but what's right. Y'all remember that? And now you're in a pretty tough situation to get in that relationship, and now watch this. You recollect, you remember, you bring back the past. God healed you before. God did it before. God will do it again. And there's something that happens at interfacing and that interchange of your memory bank where you understand that, listen, your past is not just about your past. God wants us to remember our past. Why? To produce something in us to have faith for our future. Amen. God did it before. He'll do it again. Come on, are you with me? And that's what the whole story is. Listen, watch what I'm going to talk about today. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage 400 years. I mean, they were living under Pharaoh and under the whip, 
the taskmaster, and, and they were delivered. And they come up to the first body of water. And the first body of water is the what? The Red Sea. And do you guys remember what happened? Moses raised his arms up. And when he raised his arms up, the Red Sea was part. That was amazing. How did that happen? I don't know, it's just God. I mean, this was like a real miracle. And then you guys remember, he went through the wilderness, went through the wilderness, and here it is one day, we're hungry, and Moses looks up, and, 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 and then next thing you know, French bread's just materializing. It's falling down from heaven. <laughs> and we try to collect more for tomorrow, but God says you can't collect for tomorrow. Why? Because daily bread I'm giving you. And then he whistled and quail came in. And that, this is amazing And how this happened. So, so, so now, guys, we're up in another body of water. And let me just tell you something. If God did it before, if he spread a red, if he split the Red Sea, surely he can split this river. He, surely he can, he can stop the waters. There's something about building a memory bank of God's faithfulness in our lives that produces something spiritually emotionally and physiologically, by the way, where it builds something, a core in us of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, what I call a faith buoyancy. I remember as a little kid, I had this little rubber ducky, and it was a little funny. I used to hold on the water, it would shoot back up. And then I had it for my kids. By the way, I had the same rubber ducky for my first couple of kids that I actually, my mom gave me that I had as a kid. It's a powerful rubber duck. It's an anointed rubber duck, I'll be honest. <laughs> You and I build what I call a faith buoyancy in our hearts, watch this, when we remember. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Joshua chapter 4. I love this message, Joshua chapter 4. I want to talk to you about how to build in our lives stones of remembrance, stones of remembrance. Joshua chapter 4, the children of Israel had come right up to the Jordan River. Again, last week I talked about how God told the priest to step into the water. And the Bible says as soon as the priest stepped into the water, the water, the water began to part. By the way, we often want God to do the miracle, then we'll obey. That's not how it works with God. We obey and then God does the miracle. And now they've crossed, but as they're crossing the Jordan River, God tells them to do something. This is one of the most practical messages. I mean, this, is, this will really help you guys. At all of our campuses, I want everybody to stay with me because I'm going to teach you something at the end, how to build something into your life, into your core that can help you on a daily basis. Joshua chapter 4, here's what the Bible says. Verse 1, and it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying this. Remember, Joshua was the leader. Moses had died. Take for yourselves 12 men from the people. Let me pause there for a moment. One from every tribe. I want to say this. Jacob was a patriarch. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Those 12 sons actually became what's called the 12 tribes of Israel. It was those 12 tribes that would come up to about a million people but they were representative of these 12 tribes. They'd come up to the Jordan River. They crossed into the Jordan River and they are given an allotment. They are divided up land according to the tribe, the tribe of Judah. Judah got around where Jerusalem is today. That's the Judean mountain range that came. And, and Benjamin got not far from there. And, and all that. So, so the 12 sons of Jacob, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. 
Those 12 sons actually is what the nation of Israel have come out of. So these 12 sons created 12 tribes, and these 12 tribes now are going into the promised land, and Joshua is going to give the allotted geographical boundaries of each one of these tribes. Does that make sense? Okay, watch what God tells Joshua to tell each one of the leaders of the tribes. Watch what he says. Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe. What tribe? The 12 tribes of Israel. And command them, saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priests' feet stood firm. And you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. So they're to take these stones out of the river and they're to bring them. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Two more verses. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask you in time to come, saying, well, what are these? Hey, Dad, hey, Mom. What do these stones mean? Oh, the stones. You don't remember this, son. Daughter, you don't remember this, but we used to be slaves. We, we were slaves. Now, you guys don't know that because you're not a slave. You live in the land of, well, it flows with milk and honey, and we have farm equipment, John Deere tractors. It's amazing. We've got this beautiful, lush plate. You don't know where we came from. You don't know what we came out of. You don't know the enslaved. You don't know. And you also don't know about the wilderness. It was amazing. In the wilderness, God did these miracles, and you don't know about the, there was two bodies of water, not one, but there's actually two bodies of water that, that God supernaturally, number one, split the Red Sea, and number two, he stopped the waters 18 miles up north, and we crossed the Jordan River. These stones represent the miracle power of God when God visited us. These, these are powerful. What do these stones mean? I'll tell you what they mean. Look at verse 7. Look at this next verse. They, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When, it crossed, when we crossed over the Jordan, this last thing, watch what it says. The waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a what? Everybody say it. A memorial to the children of Israel forever. About two years ago, I spoke. I was in Washington, D.C., and I had an opportunity. It was crazy. It was like within two months, I went back twice to do different churches. And I was at a friend of mine's church, and I brought one of our young pastors. And he had never been to downtown. He had never seen the different sites. And watch. I said, you want to go? He said, sure, let's do it. And I said, all right, let's do this. And so he said, here's what he said. So, so we jump in the car with the, the host of the church. And I said, bring us down. Bring us down. You know, bring us to the Lincoln Memorial. Now, I'm thinking, it's 1030 at night. I'm thinking... We had a Saturday night service. It started like at 7. We got out 8, 8.30. We ate and stuff. And I'm thinking no one's going to be there. 10.30 at night, Saturday night. This was in June, two years ago. We went there, and it was like packed. It's crazy. Now, listen to where we went. Listen. We went to the Lincoln. Everybody say the next word. Memorial. It's where we get memory from. What is the Lincoln Memorial about? It is a, it is a, it is a memorial. It is a it's a, it's, a, it's a building, it, or it oversees a, a square, and, and there's, a, there's an incredible, it's incredible. But it is a reminder of who Abraham Lincoln was. It is a reminder of what Abraham Lincoln did. 
all right? When you have a memorial, it is a reminder of what that person, what they believed, what they did, who they were, and of course, what a great president. Here's the point. He said, when you, when you, when you get across the Jordan River, I want you to take those stones. Give me your stone. Okay, give me, y'all, y'all give me your stones. All right, let's gather them up. Gather them up. Gather them up. And we're going to build a memorial. Because there's going to come a moment when a generation needs to be reminded of what God did for our lives right there. there there's going to be a moment where those kids don't know what, I, what, what you guys had to go through. And by the way, when you go into the promised land, listen, when you go into this promised land, there's going to be giants that you're going to fight that they don't have to fight. By the way, my kids are going to have to fight giants. I just want to make sure that they're not fighting giants that I was supposed to kill. Come on, are y'all with me or not? Every generation has their own giants they got to fight. I just want to make sure that my kids are not fighting giants that I was supposed to deal with because I was unwilling to deal with it. I want to make sure that they don't have to deal with it. But they've got their own giants to fight. So the memorial, though, is to infuse you with faith. God did it before. God will do it what? Again. I want to give you, before we go, I want to give you three things, three things out of this story that are so powerful that that I believe will help help you in your life. Three things that I believe memorial stones signify. These stones. Remember this statement. If God did it once, God will do it again. If God did it before, God will do it again. Joshua chapter 4. Three things that I believe out of this story that these memorial stones signify. Joshua chapter 4, verse 8. Here we go. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Next verse. Watch this. And and they carried them over them to the place where they lodged and they laid them down there. Verse 9, look what verse 9 says. Then Joshua set up 12 stones. Here it is. Also in the midst of George. There's actually two memorials. One was in the middle and one was after they came out. In the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. Okay. Notice, I wrote this down. Both Joshua and the children of Israel took up stones and built a memorial to remember what God had done. To remind themselves that God visited them. Stay with me. Something happens when we're reminded when God visits us. Something happens when God visits us. When God comes with His presence, when God comes with His power, something happens. Something happens on the inside of us. Two things happen. Number one, there's a change. We never stay the same after God visits us. When God visits you, when God visits your life, when you have an encounter with Christ, I'm not talking about right when you just get saved. That, that's, that's, your, that's your primary initial encounter with God. But then there's subsequent encounters with God. Whether you're reading the Bible one morning and then there's an unusual sense of a tangible sense of God's presence where God visits you and, God, and a scripture comes off and you begin to cry and you, you're overwhelmed that the Holy Spirit is, is here and, and God gives you wisdom on a situation. Or you're in a church service. I've had people say, Pastor, matter of fact, I'll never forget a newcomer's dinner we had years ago. This precious lady, she says, Pastor, I can't come to the singing part because every time we come to the singing part, I start crying, and I don't know why I'm crying. I said, it's not because something's sad, is it? She goes, no, I'm not sad. I'm just overwhelmed by, by something. I said, it's God's presence. Something happens when God visits you. There's something that happens. I remember a number of years ago, I... I graduated from college, then I went to Bible school, then after that I went to seminary. It's like I kind of, it's like I did some things in reverse. College, Bible college, and then seminary. It was interesting, I went back to my Bible college. 
in Dallas. And I've graduated, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago now, and, or 25, 28 years ago. And I, I remember when I went, there was a, the, we had chapel every day from 11 to 12 o'clock. And right after chapel, sometimes the speakers, I mean, you just, I mean, I heard some of the most incredible men and women of God in the world that have done things, it's just incredible. And I remember after one particular chapel service, I went up and, and there, was a, there was a room and I remember I just laid before God and I was just crying out to God. I remember God visited me. Can I tell you something? When I walked by that room, I mean, this is 10 years out, when I walked by that room, it was like I, I was overwhelmed with that same sense of God's presence. Why? Because I remembered. There's something about remembering. There, there, some, maybe it's not walking by a room. Maybe it's something you've written down on a journal or a diary, something that God did in your life, or so, somewhere that God visited you. As you, you, were, you, were, you, were, you were in a church service, or you were in a home, or you were in a prayer meeting, or, or you were driving in your car, and the Holy Spirit filled your car, and, and, and you knew that something, let me tell you, when God visits you, you never stay the same. Something happens on the inside of you, and you make a fresh commitment to God. It's not like you get saved, I'm not saved, I'm saved, I'm not saved, I'm not saved. You're saved, but you make a fresh commitment to God. By the way, I, I, I used to, I don't have the, the opportunity to do, I used to do renewal vow, you know, wedding vows. And you're married. And as a matter of fact, I've done a 25-year renewal vow. Renewal. I, I did a 50. One time a guy goes, he goes, Pastor, I'm going to do a one year. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it every year. How many you know that's some wisdom to renew your vows every year to say, man, I'm committed in this? There's something about memory. There's something about remembering. I was thinking about Jacob in the Bible, how Jacob and a stone and, and an encounter with God. Jacob, by the way, the name Jacob, interesting, the name Jacob, this is give all of us hope. The name Jacob actually was, was turned, the nation of Israel, the man's name Jacob was changed to Israel. Israel, the nation of Israel today is named after a man who the Bible called a deceiver, a supplanter, Jacob. Do you know what that actually, actually, the name Jacob means that? And his name was transitioned. Why? When he had an encounter with God. How I many you know every time you have an encounter with God, something changes on the inside of you? Something changes in your core, in your character, in your internal constitution as an individual. Something shifts in a good way. And Jacob had an experience with God. We read about it where one night he goes to sleep and he lays his head upon this rock and he has his vision, this dream, and the angels of God and he sees this ladder. And we learned about it in Sunday school. If you grew up in Sunday school, Jacob's ladder and he saw the angels of God ascending and descending. And, and, and when he woke up, there was, a, there was something that happened to him. Something shifted on the inside. And, and remember what I said, when you, when you have an encounter with God, it's important that we, that we, 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 we mark that down. The Bible says in Genesis 28, watch what's present in this. Watch what's present. This is a theme throughout the Bible. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't know it. It was God that was doing it. Was, it was God. Holy Spirit was there. God's presence was visiting you in church. You didn't know it, but God was there. He was, he was, he was talking to you. Look at verse 17. It says, and he was afraid and saw how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Look at this next verse, verse 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took everybody, say it what? The stone. There's something about in the Bible when you do a study on stones. 
Stones of deliverance, David's stones in a sling. There's stones when you put your head. Roll away the stone. There's a stone of resurrection. There's stones all throughout the Bible that signify God's miracle-working power. There's a stone that he had put his head on, and he set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on it. I'll never forget what I had the opportunity to go to Israel with Dr. Jack Hayford. And we built nine memorial stones. There were stones that we, we, we built these little memorials around Israel. We'd pray and put prayer requests in different historical sites throughout Israel. It was very powerful and very spiritual. There's a tremendous sense of God's presence, the oil of the Lord. When you see anointing oil, it's always reflective and a signifying of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. So there's a commitment to God. There's the presence of God. There's something that happens. What am I talking about? Every time God visits you, you need to mark it down. Do you have a diary? Do you have a journal? Do you have a picture? Is there a place? Is there a wall? Is there a garden? Is there something in your life that every time you look at it, it reminds you if God did it once, God will do it again. Let me give you the second thing that I believe these stones signify. Not only a, a renewed personal commitment, but, but a, re, a rolling away of old defeats. Joshua chapter 4, verse 19, look what the Bible says. Now the people came up from Jordan on the 10th day. Interesting. This is so fast. For all of our Bible theologians, I know we've got some smart Bible people in this church. This is important. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. By the way, if you go back, this is exactly to the day, 40 years to the day of when the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt. Isn't that interesting? For, they come to Gilgal. Why is it so important? Why Gilgal? Why is the name Gilgal important? And they camped in Gilgal. This is right before they took the, uh, uh, Jericho. On the east border of Jericho. Why is this so important? Look at verse 20. And those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up right there. Gilgal actually means a rolling away of the past. Wow. Something about that. There's something about an understanding that, 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 that God met you and changed you, and you're no longer the man you used to be. You're no longer the woman you used to be. You're, you're no, I never forget, I met a guy about five years after being a Christian, and he looked at me and said, Steve, I heard you like, like things happen in your life. I said, yeah, I became a Christian man. And then, Steve, I mean, but after all, but you're still the same, Steve. I said, no, I'm actually different. See, I mean, I'm the same person. I mean, I have the same, I'm still 5'11 and 3 quarters. I'm still, you know, I still have the, I'm still all that. But, but, but no, I'm actually, my heart's been changed. I'm actually a different person. No, no. And he tried to talk me into that I was the old man. And I understood. He didn't understand theologically. He didn't understand the Bible. But I said, no, you understand something, man. I, 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 I listen, man, there's a new, there's a, there's a, there's a, I'm a new person. I don't do the same things. I, matter of fact, I've changed playgrounds, playmates, and play toys. I don't do the same things. I don't go to the same places. I'm not the same person. Are you with me? By the way, that'll preach playmates, playgrounds. Do you go to the same place you used to go to and play toys? Do you still do the same things? I will preach that all day long. you got to change playgrounds, playmates, and play toys if you've really been transformed by Christ. Oh, Steve, come on, man. We can go do that. No, man, you're the... No, no. I said, no, 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 no. I don't do those same things anymore. I don't go to those same places. I don't do those same things anymore. Why? I've been changed by Christ, man. Christ has changed my life. I'm a different person. Matter of fact, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. That's a Gilgal moment for you. 
Listen, some of you guys, you need to, let me just tell you, I'm going to start preaching. You need to put a bloodline between your past and your present and your future, and you need to not cross back over that because that's in the past. Your old ways, your old doings, your old habits, that's the old you. You're a new man in God, a new woman in God, and you've got a new future in God. I'm not going back to that old stuff. This will freak you out. But on any given Sunday, there's probably 15 to 20 or 30 people in the church listening to me that knew me in my old man state. And it used to, when I'd walk out, they'd be like, wow, we remember that. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. But that's not who I am anymore. Amen. Is there anybody in your present that knew you in the past that can testify that only God can do what he did in somebody's life? Is there anybody? I'm asking you that question. Is there anybody that gets around and go, bro, Jesus is real. <laughs> you need some bro, Jesus is real moments. Let me help myself out. This is really good preaching, Pastor. This is really good. I'm not going to the same places I used to go to. I'm not doing the same things. I'm not looking at the same things. I'm not partaking of the same things. Why? Because Gilgal, let me tell you, my old defeats are my old defeats. They're in my past. And I'm not bringing them into the present. I sure as heck don't want them part of my future. By the way, you know, as a pastor, I got a couple minutes. Stay with me. As a pastor, I've got books. I have lots of books. That's what I, I mean, I've got books and I've got a, I've got an office with books. I've got a library in there. I've got, I've got books in my house. I've got books everywhere. I have my own personal mini storage. <laughs> I'm serious. I have books. I have my own, and it's, you just wouldn't believe it. I, have, I, I read, I don't know, and I don't say this to be whatever, but hundreds and hundreds of pages every week. I'm just, just that's what I do. And, and it's interesting, years ago, I found an old journal. I forgot this dark season that I went through. I was like, oh my gosh. I pulled it out. And I went, that was such a dark time. And then it was like, but God met me here. And Jesus rescued me. And I didn't go back to my old sinful lifestyle. And Christ changed me. And Christ, look at this. And, and, and I remember writing, I saw the brightness, the, the, the dawning. God did it. I woke up today feeling better than yesterday. And, and, I, and I'm not going to go back to that. And, I, and Christ is there. And, and, and I'm telling you, I was like, it was like there was a faith that started coming up on the inside of me. There was a strength that came up on the inside of me. Let me give you this third and final thing, and then we'll go. And I'm going to give you something real practical that I want to challenge everybody at all of our campuses to do. This is going to be cool. Number one, it's not only a renewed personal commitment, number two, a rolling away of old defeats, but number three, a recognition of the future. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. Some of you are facing situations today that look impossible. All of us come to moments like that. But God, but God wants to step into that. But God, but God wants to change that. With man, it's impossible. But with God, everybody say, but God. But God, all things are possible. Listen to me closely. It is so important that we record, that we record 
the miracle testimonies of Christ's work in our hearts, we forget. We forget it. I'm telling you, I forget, you forget, we, we forget. It's so important. Now I'm pressing in. It's so important. How many of y'all remember seeing the movie The War Room? Anybody saw The War Room with Priscilla Shire? Do you remember they had that? Do you remember they had that, 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 that wall of what? Say it. Remembrance. Y'all remember that? I think I have a picture of it. Can you, can you y'all, y'all remember this wall? You remember she had that, that older lady in herself, and she talked about all the answered prayer and how important it is that we write down our answered prayer. And, oh, God, touch my son. God, touch my daughter. Oh, God, heal my body. Oh, God, deliver me. Oh, yes. No, God did it. Because you and I are going to face similar things, but we've got the same God. And if we have the same God, it doesn't matter if we face similar situations or different situations. If God did it before, God will do it what? Again. God will do it again. Let me tell you what answered prayer is. And by the way, if it's secret, I know it's secret sometimes, but sometimes every now and then you need to open it up and let us, let us hear about it. Prayer testimonies. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you how Jesus broke down. Matter of fact, when I got saved, we used to have testimony night. By the way, we went to church a lot. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We just get warmed up, man. I mean, I just loved it. It can keep you out of sin. You just stay in church. I mean, what else can you do? You know what I'm saying? And I, church is important. Trust me. And, and, and so I, on Sunday night was testimony. How many of y'all remember testimony night? Anybody remember? Anybody got saved when I did? And they, we had testimony night. And y'all, so we had an open mic, baby. <laughs> Not video edit when they say crazy thing testimony. I'm talking about open mic, all things are possible. Amen. And, and but they'd come up, you'd, you'd hold the mic, and you always knew the preacher, and it was pre, it's what's called preacher protocol. Preacher protocol on testimony night is they'd give the microphone, and, and if the person was kind of going on or getting a little bit off or doing something, here's how the preacher would do it. They'd go, <clears throat> and they'd move closer. <laughs> and you always knew if they were going too far. If the preacher put their arm around you, I'm telling you, you're a precious, but you need to land a plane. Land a plane. Land a plane. You're land a plane. God bless you. If the preacher bear hugs you, land a plane. If the preacher bear hugs, grabs your mic while you're talking, crash landing, crash landing, crash landing. You, you know, you know what I'm talking. I mean, it's like you're not getting it. We're, we're landing it together. You know what I'm talking about. I'm grabbing the wheel. I'm grabbing the wheel. <laughs> How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You know. You, listen, listen to me. But God would do something in my heart when I'd hear those testimonies. Christ changed me. And I'd be out there, God did it for them. Something about that. Listen to me. We need to hear your testimonies. The world needs to hear your testimonies. Christians need to hear your testimonies. Ungodly people. Why? Because it testifies that God's alive. Not that we're good, that we're smart, we're slick, we pulled it off, but we were down, we were busted, we were broke, we were messed. But God. But God did it. But God did it. But God did it. But God did it. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to stand. Let's all stand. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. Everybody say, but God. We need to have but God walls. We're but God. I was going down, but God stepped in. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads right now. If you're in this place, all of our campuses and those with, that are able to online or Facebook Live, and just come before the Lord right now. I sense the Holy Spirit here in such a amazing way if you're not sure about your relationship with God if you're not sure if you're ready to stand before God 
Listen to me closer. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. The very first experience with God is, is when we surrender to Christ as our Savior, when we trust Jesus and we say, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me, make me new. 31 years ago, I gave my heart to Christ. My life was transformed. October 1987, October 27, to be specific, Christ came into my life, forgave me of my sin. My name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I became born again. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know? Let me just share it. I can't save you. Church, the King can't save you. Being part of a church doesn't save you. It's trusting Jesus as your Savior. That's who I can point to him. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? Everybody's head bowed and eyes closed. Churches, we come before the presence of God right now. I just want to say to those of you that are not sure about your relationship with God, at the count of three, say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you're standing, I'm just going to ask you to quickly lift up your hand at the count of three. Pastor, I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me. That's you. One, two, three. Quickly hold your hand up high so I can see. God bless you guys up here. God bless you. Anybody else, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you all up top. Anybody else, God bless you and you, ma'am, as well. God bless you, buddy. Anybody else, Pastor, pray for me. God bless you right here. You're not sure about your relationship with God. God bless you, son, right there. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, church, let's pray together with those that are trusting Christ. This is a holy moment. Let's pray together. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray with everybody's heads bowed. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the sealing work of your spirit. We thank you that when one trusts in Christ, all heaven rejoices. That we go from death to life, from light to darkness. We're born again by the Spirit of God. We thank you for that. I want everybody to look at me. Give me 15 seconds. Pastor Doug, we're, we want to do something better than we have in the past. We want to be real clear at all of our campuses what our next steps are for people that have trusted Christ. So Pastor Doug is going to talk about the next step in our altar. I'm going to ask our altar team to go ahead and come forward right now. We'll release you in one minute. Pastor, tell us what our next step is. Awesome thing. Let's celebrate with those that have made a decision for Christ today. Isn't that wonderful? It's just wonderful. Yes, I'm going to ask our team to get in place. For those of you that made a decision for Christ, I referenced this card earlier, their connection card at the bottom. It says, I have decided to. If you would just let us know what your commitment was. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, take a minute. Please come down and connect with one of our prayer workers or... I meet one of our pastors or myself right out here in front of Guest Central. We would really like to be able to connect with you. So please take a minute, fill that out, and bring it to one of us either up here or there as well. And then also I'd like to invite you to please join us for Step 1 next week. It's a great opportunity for us to lay some foundations for you and to get to know you a little better as well and help you take the next steps. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you so much for your presence, Lord. Thank you for the reminder that you gave us today, Lord how important it is for us to remember your faithfulness, God, and your power at work in our lives. So, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, God, that you would bless them. Lord, I pray that you would surround them with your favor as with a shield. God, that, they, that you'd go before them, Father, and give them a week 
that is filled with an awareness of your presence. In Jesus' name, God bless you guys. We'll see you next week, all right? Thank you.